as we bring in from PackersNews.com, a man who has spent the bulk of last week in Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine. It is our friend Aaron Nagler. Hey, Aaron. Hi, Greg. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. So uh, where do you want to start here? The Combine, free agency, we've got a little game we'll play, LaTroy. Where do you want to go? With that that lead-in, I was worried we were going to be talking about my approval or disapproval of Donald Trump. Oh. But now then we got to the sports, and I, I breathed a sigh of relief. So uh, well, let's start with the waste of time that is LaTroy Guyon. What's going to happen here? What's the crystal ball say? You know, it's interesting because he does, he or he did, I'm sorry, have a roster bonus due, a $400,000 roster bonus due the third day of the league year uh, in the contract that he signed two years ago. I know my friend Rob DeMossi over at ESPN has reported that that contract has recently been amended, which I think is very timely given today's news. I just can't see how they can continue down the path, the road with this guy, especially given what he put on film this year. I mean, you know me, I I watched the games many, many times. I watched the tape and I tell you what, when he was taking up double teams, when he was penetrating and stopping guys for no gain on rundowns, he was worth it. He was worth the headache. But the way his play really fell off kind of the last, sort of that last half of the season, but definitely the last month or so, I, I just don't see how keeping him around is worth it. You're, you're taking away practice reps. You're taking away preseason reps from guys who definitely will need it, um, especially if they end up having to go with, you know, Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry up there up front. Those are two young guys coming off their rookie seasons who need every rep they can get. So, I yeah, I, I'll be – watching and i you know very interested to see how the packers handle it but i just don't see how the return is worth it at this point well in a year ago i was wondering the same thing now he played pretty well but you know latroy's off the field exploits uh not pretty right i mean he might be a great teammate and and that's what i mean there's a guy with a long history now uh continually putting himself in the headlines for the wrong reason and why do you want to deal with that baggage unless the guy is you know, blowing it up on the field. And like I said, this this last year, it really fell off. Well, it definitely did. So uh, it kind of to be determined here, but I, I'd be, like you, Aaron, I'd be a little surprised if the Packers move forward with Guy, and I just don't think they want to wait till week five before they get that player back on the field. So uh, exactly, we'll see how it plays out, but the unfortunate news of the day from Green Bay. Kind of the fun stuff here. You uh, spent a week in Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine. What are your takeaways from that whole deal? I, I watched it on TV. Uh, I, I find myself putting on my track spikes, getting ready to run the 40 in my living room. I mean, I really get into it. Uh, I, I wear bike shorts. That's probably too much information. But I, do you really pull a lot out of there? Well, you do. As as someone who covers the league or covers the team, it's invaluable. It's an invaluable time when the entire world uh, that you know revolves around the NFL, whether it's prospects, whether it's agents, whether it's coaches, personnel people, everybody who's even tangentially uh, you know, financial advisors, anybody connected with the, the league in any way, shape, or form descends upon Indianapolis for a week. And inevitably, you run into these people and you talk to them and you learn things. And, it, and from that, you know, aspect of it, it's invaluable as someone covering the team. Now, as far as the show that it has been made into, the NFL continuing every year to make it more and more of a dog and pony show, you know, I know people get maybe sick of 40 times shoved down their throats and kind of how it gets blown up and, you know, we hear about three-cone drills and vertical jumps and things like that. But those pieces are very important to evaluators. And it's not so much kind of taking all the tape that they've watched all season or are watching now and shoving that to the side. It's just 
something to build their, you know, their prospect profile on. Something that every guy has a profile and every guy has a scouting report. And it's just information to add to that. So you have a complete picture of the prospect. And the biggest thing, obviously, the, the biggest things, the big two biggest things that happen during that week are away from the public eye. Now, one of them, the, the, the prospect interview, which teams, you know, every team meets with a ton of guys and, you know, that, that's more and more creeping into the public consciousness. I know, uh, Philadelphia put out their interview with Carson Wentz from last year's combine on their website just a couple, uh, I think about a week ago, which was really fascinating, but you can see how it's inching towards more and more, you know, of a television show. But the number one thing that these teams come to Indianapolis for is to get the medicals on these guys to get, you know, every, you know, pushing and prodding and poking and doing everything they can to get every last, you know, tiny bit of information on uh, anything going on with these guys physically, injuries, etc. And for that, it's invaluable for NFL teams. But I, you know, as far as the television aspect of it goes, you know, they're showing you the 40s and things like that. That's all well and good, and it's great for fans to get involved that way, but it's really about, you know, things that are going on away from the camera's eye. Aaron Nagler of PackersNews.com joining us on Sports Central, presented by Miller Lite. Julius Peppers wants to play more football in the NFL. Will it be in Green Bay next year? I doubt it. Um, I, I tend to think that the diminishing returns there from what they were getting on the field, I, I know they really valued what he brought to the locker room. Um, I, I know, you know, he he did a great job of helping get them to two NFC Championship games. Couldn't quite get over the hump and get to the Super Bowl, which I know is his ultimate goal. But especially this last year, Father Time is undefeated, and he is definitely knocking on Julius Peppers' door. There, there still, you know, is a, a glimmer here and there where he will come up against a really, uh, you know, a, a, just a bad left tackle or or just someone he can dominate. Uh, purely out of, uh, you know, kind of veteran guile. But for the most part, it's a young man's game, and these young guys are now able to block him without much trouble. Um, you know, just time and time again, the Packers would run up against offensive lines where all week we'd be talking about, oh, this offensive line is not very good or is pretty terrible, and, you know, the Packers should be able to get to the quarterback. And then you watch the tape, and holy cow, there's Julius Peppers just getting stoned again and again. Now, like I said, every once in a while he gives you a play that really kind of helps, whether it's the game changer down in Chicago where he the strip sack, uh, the fumble recovery, things like that. He's still able to do that every once in a while. But for the money they were paying him, that's a pretty bad ROI. That's The, the return just isn't there anymore. Well, and Maybe they can get him back on a, on a, on a cap-friendly deal, but – you know, at some point, you've got to start getting young guys in your system, you know, young pass rushers. You can't be counting on aging veterans uh, that are clearly past their prime. Yeah, this will be interesting because you have Peppers, you have Dayton, you have Nick Perry, all free agents to be at that outside linebacker position. We know Clay Matthews is going to be a little more hybrid, right? A little outside, a little right. inside. I like him better inside, to be perfectly candid. So, Something has to give there, right? You cannot let all of those players get away and just start from scratch. I think I said a week ago that Perry might be the most important guy to get back as all of a sudden he is becoming one of the better pass rushers uh, available or soon to be available. If, if not the best. I mean, you look at all the guys that we thought or we, you know, were possible to be on the free agent market, most of the top pass rushers now have been franchised for obvious reasons. They're hard to find and you want to keep those guys in-house. 
the Packers obviously weren't going to franchise Nick Perry, pay him something $14, $15 million, whatever it is. So they, obviously I think he's going to hit them, the free agent market because he is the lone pass rusher standing, so to speak. Um, even guys like Charles Johnson was re-signed by Carolina earlier today. You know, the, he's going to have a market. He bet on himself in a big way this year, taking that one-year deal for $5 million. He's going to hit the market, and I think there are teams with incredible amounts of cap space. Uh, I know our Tom Silverstein wrote tonight that the Colts are very interested in Nick Perry, which makes a lot of sense. You know, they need pass rushers, and they've got a ton of cap space. So unless the Packers can make some kind of deal at the last second, it's going to be hard for them to retain Nick because I think he is going to get a big-time payday that is just not going to fit within the Packers' salary structure. You want to play a little game? No, I love it. Okay, here we go. Uh, We're going to play a little game. I will give you the name of a free agent to be. You tell me if they are likely to come to the Packers, somewhat likely, (laughs) not likely at all, or pound sand. Or whatever you want to do for the uh, right, absolutely right, no right. chance. Hey, you want to do that? You sounds want to... like, this sounds like my Twitter feed. It's all... <laughs> Let's do it. You have some music, Ashton? You got... Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Here we go. Any player above the age 35? Oh, wow. Uh, that's uh, unlikely, but not, not impossible. Okay. Well, I'll throw out a name there to dial it in, uh, dial it in a little bit more. Vince Wilfork. Hmm. Let's go with how can I can I just do a straight no? Uh, you, oh, you, yes, I, I guess we can alter the categories a little bit. Why not? <laughs> just no, that's not going to happen. Okay, big guy Vince Wilfork, plugger in the middle. He's old. Okay, Devon he's House. Done. Everything everything he was going to do in the NFL, he's done. Okay, good All enough. Right. All right, Devon House. Likely. Brandon Likely. Carr. Unlikely. Brandon Flowers. Oh, I wouldn't say likely, but what's what's the middle between likely and unlikely? Um, I don't. Did we give one of those? Maybe. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, the names that I have rattled off for those keeping score at home: three cornerbacks. House used to play for the Packers. Was released by Jacksonville. Uh, Flowers had kind of an injury situation last year. Carr was you know, pretty good for the Cowboys. It, they got to figure that out somehow, somewhere, right? Absolutely. Well, to me, it's about finding a guy on the street like a Devon House. Uh, you know, that you can bring in who is a veteran presence, so you're not counting on the Dimitri Goodsons and Josh Hawkins of the world uh, when things go awry, uh, as much as they did in 2016. And then you you have to look at the draft. Uh, this is a really deep uh, corner. The draft at the cornerback position is unbelievable. Uh, I think my colleague Ryan Wood put it perfectly. Uh, you know, the fastest corner that they have right now is Demarius Randall, and there are 12 corners uh, in the combine, who ran faster than he did at, at, in their 40-yard dashes just the other day. You know, there's there's a lot of speed to be had, a lot of talent there. And I'm not saying you're going to draft a guy and insert him there as your number one automatically, but you've got to add some talent. you got to add some speed, two things that were lacking big time last season. All right, a few more names. Wide receiver Deshaun Jackson. No. Okay. I think Ashton wanted him there, for what it's worth, our producer. Uh, Kevin Zeitler. Oh, love him as a player, but no way. He's going he's gonna to get paid. He's going to break a bank somewhere. It's not going to be a great bank. Nick Mangold. No, he's done. So here's my question. I think the ultimate question is, will TJ Lang be back? The reason I brought up Zeitler's name is Lang and right. Zeitler are, are right. probably the best two guards here. My concern if Lang doesn't come back 
is the Packers, I, I, I don't think they have, correct me if I'm wrong, do they have a suitable replacement today for T.J. Lang? You know, I, looking from the outside in, I don't see one. I mean, now maybe they have Patrick on the practice squad, but that's a big jump. That's a huge jump. The thing is, is letting go of Josh Sitton like they did, they knew they had Taylor. Taylor had started two games for them the year before, obviously had a ton of tape and a ton of practice reps. Maybe they have something on Patrick that we don't know about, but outside of that, you know, Jason Spriggs had to play guard in a pinch this past year, and we know he's not the answer. Um, yeah, no, I have no idea. If, if, if TJ Lang goes, I get they have to look at the draft, I would think, uh, or maybe they bring in a journeyman, but that seems, I don't know. That, this, this goes down that road where we've seen at the safety position before and at the guard position before from Ted Thompson, where he makes these moves that make financial sense and they make sense in the moment if you have a viable backup. But time and again, we've seen those viable backups are, are hard to find. So, yeah, I don't, if, I've said all since the very last, since the NFC Championship game loss, I've said I would bring TJ back in a heartbeat. I don't think Ted Thompson does. Good enough. We are running out of time here on the program and uh, on this particular segment, Aaron, and I do want to bring up one more name to you. And that's one of the Packers' own here, Eddie Lacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Eddie's back. I really do. Um, I, I know he had spoken to Adam Schefter uh, for a podcast for ESPN and said that the Packers and his reps had been talking and the talks were positive. Look, I just don't see who else is going to be throwing big money at a guy coming off an injury who's had all the off-field stuff and the conditioning and the weight, and he knows the Packers. The Packers know him. Mike McCarthy freaking loves the guy. Um, I just think it makes the most sense. I don't think they have to break the bank for him, but I love the idea of uh, Eddie and uh, Ty Montgomery in a backfield together. I think you can do some real damage. Yeah, I, I admit, I get, I'm guilty of any time player is released, and you know, insert player name here, I at least think to myself, <laughs> what would that look like in the Packers? Now, usually I dismiss right. the notion rather quickly in the Adrian Petersons of the world and so on and so forth. Uh, but it is interesting. So I, I've got the Packers' two big free agent signings this year aside of their own uh, will be uh, Devon House and Laurenti McCray. <laughs> the linebacker they got rid of a year ago, or the, one that, the guy that they traded away. That's yeah, right. A good idea. Yeah, we'll, not, we'll, you know? right, we'll we'll see how it pans out. Aaron, I always appreciate your time. Uh, great stuff from the combine. That was always a lot of fun to follow, and uh, we'll check in again uh, down the road. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Greg.